You're listening to the Seasons Change Podcast. Aw, yeah, it's time for another episode of Seasons Change. I'm your host, Vactor, and I've got the always angry Jeff W with me. Jeff, how you doing this week? What's up, Trent? Yeah. I'm good. Seasons Change, your weekly geekly dose of everything Jeff and I have been consuming throughout the week, whether it's movies, TV shows, comic books, or video games, all of those things we want to talk about. At the start of each show, we go into a little bit of comic book talk. And then into our main discussion for the week. That can be anything. Any of those things we've been discussing or we've been watching throughout the week. And then at the end, Jeff and I give our recommendations for what we want you to check out. So let's get right into our comics corner this week. Jeff, I've been reading a little series that actually has been going on since 2018. But it's been flying under my radar until now. And it's Firefly by Greg Pak. Based so far, on the TV show. Right? Yes. This is, and if you're a friend of me, you know that Firefly is my favorite TV show of all time. And they've done some Firefly spinoffs, crossovers, a bunch of stuff. That's why I didn't necessarily pay attention to it because it wasn't like Joss Whedon was doing it. It wasn't the original creators and stuff. Well, and it's, you know, it's Joss Whedon now. Well, now, yeah, but back then, when these things were coming out, like I said, this is from four uh, years ago, but... You would still um, say that, uh, just out of curiosity, you would still say that's your favorite show of all time? Yes, favorite. It. Yeah, since then, I can't think of anything. And the reason why, I don't know if I've had this talk with you, Jeff, or maybe I did, but you forgot, because it's been so long, because Firefly came out like 2005 uh, or whatever it was. Yeah. The reason why it's my favorite show of all time is because... It never had a chance to get bad. So it's only one season and it's yeah. all good. Like there's no filler episodes to me. There's nothing, there's no bad episodes. And, you know, when you have seasons or shows going on five to 10 years, all right, there's a lull. There's a couple episodes. You could skip those episodes. This part got boring. New writers came in, whatever. Huh. Uh, Firefly was all Joss Whedon, it was all one voice. And it just never had a chance to get bad. They added on Serenity, which was the movie. And I think the movie was kind of like a mixed bag just because you didn't know. Some people came into it and didn't know it was part of a TV show, didn't know it was tied into that. And you had to be appease new viewers and then also the people coming in who are huge Firefly fans. Um, So the movie itself, I don't think it's like one of the best movies of all time. It's not one of my favorite movies of all time. But the show, I can't say it enough yeah. good things about. Have you ever watched Firefly? I don't know if I asked you. I, I watched it way, way back. It's been okay. probably almost 10 years since I've watched it, at least. Um, I just find that interesting. Um, just because I would say, I would say, you know, obviously it's like, like you said, I, I would agree with the point you made. Um, but I would put like a bunch of things above it just because. I think the oh, I think the overall quality of TV is improved, and yes. you know what I mean, um, definitely since, then since too. Then. So I think that's the reason. Like, you know, like if I'm just gonna start thinking of like, you know, like like Breaking Bad came after that, and I yes. think like you know, if I'm just thinking of like things I like of, of all time, or you know, for me currently like Mando, um, I would put mm-hmm. Mando really high up on my list. Um, yeah, and I think about shows like it's interesting that it, I just. I think it's interesting that it still sticks with you like that when for me it's like it's fine um but the the high quality stuff that comes out now like i, I feel like it's 
it uh, it has a, a tough time competing with, uh, I would think. Yeah. The only thing that's aged it is the CG. The CG does not hold up when you're mm-hmm. watching it. But, you know, we had this talk either last week or two weeks ago. The characters, the way Brian K. Vaughn writes characters in Saga, that's yeah. how Joss Whedon, to me, he's like a master of making you care about every single character in the cast. Like, mm-hmm. this ragtag group of rebels come together and they have to form a team and then they become like a family and you love every single character like everybody has things you love about them that's Mm -hmm. what i liked about firefly the writing the characters that's what stands up the cg and kind of you know it wasn't shot necessarily like as high quality as the stuff you see today it wasn't filmed in 4k or whatever but it still holds up on a story level to me Mm-hmm. And on a character dialogue level, like the way Joss Whedon writes the dialogue and then the way Nathan Fillion delivers the dialogue. It's kind of like with Samuel L. Jackson and Quentin Tarantino. Sometimes you have actors that they just, the way they say the words, the dialogue is better matching up with, with certain writers. So mm-hmm. I think, and even Alan Tudyk, who I'm going to talk about uh, later when I talk about um, Resident Alien, his delivery of Joss Whedon's dialogue is really good. So yeah. all that to say, Firefly, I always, you know, it's always my been my favorite show since I've since I watched it. And mm-hmm. this comic came out and it was like I said, because it wasn't the original creator, it didn't capture my attention. Then two things. Number one, Greg Pak is writing it and he is one of my favorite writers. He mm-hmm. wrote World War Hulk and he's oh, yeah. wrote I think he wrote some of the Vader stuff in the Star Wars. Like, there's a ton of stuff Greg Pak has done that has been notable. Yeah. And when he World came War on Hulk that, is like, yeah, like I know about it, and I'm not like as deep. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I've heard of that. And that was what kind of like blew him up. And then from there, he's gone on to do like he did the totally awesome Hulk, which was Amadeus Cho, who's mm-hmm. one of the smartest characters in the Marvel universe, and yeah. he's Korean, just like Greg Pak is. So. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that he's done for Marvel over the years. This is actually Boom Studios, which is an independent comic book publisher. Um, so he's kind of dipping. I mean, he's he's done stuff outside of Marvel as well, but he's mainly been a Marvel writer. Mm-hmm. And when I saw his name on the book, I was like, okay, that that intrigues me, but not enough. Yeah. The, the second thing that actually got me to start reading it was I took my wife to a comic book shop last week um, to pick up Saga. Because as you know, that's her favorite. And I told her, I said, all right, pick out another book that just looks interesting to you. And she picked up Firefly because she goes, hey, isn't that your favorite show? Because I I showed it to her and she also liked it. But she said, yeah, isn't that the show that that we like? And I was like, yeah, that's Firefly. She goes, oh, okay. So she picked the latest issue, which was 36. And I said, let me read the other 35 issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to say... I'm five issues in. Uh, it is exactly like the TV show. So for me, that's a huge win. Like I told you, that's my favorite is show he, of all time. Sorry, is he drawing it like the like they look like the characters? Like you know Nathan, they get well, Nathan Fillion, or is he like? Do they have to alter a little bit? They do look like the characters, but that goes into my other thing. The only weakness of this book, I love the writing, Greg Pak, and he actually in the letters page of the very first issue. He wrote this nice little kind of um, 
love letter to Firefly, and he talked about how he didn't watch it when it was coming out. He had seen the movie, but he had never seen the TV show. And the editor for Boom Studios called him and said, you need to do the Firefly book. And he was like, well, I don't even know that much about Firefly. So he mm-hmm. put on just the first episode, and he goes, yeah. And then I watched every single one after that. I was hooked. I couldn't stop <laughs> watching. Yeah. And he just had a, a love for Star Wars, you know, westerns and that's what firefly is it's a space western and so it's like all the things that he loved as a kid growing up in texas in the 70s and 80s and that's what firefly was and he he kind of credits joss whedon so that so the artist is Dane McDade, or Dan McDade, sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with his work, and after seeing his work in Firefly, I don't know if I ever want to look at the rest of his work. Wow. Wow. I think that is really the low point, and, you know, I'm not not trying to talk bad about the man or his artwork, but you can really tell the difference between Marvel and DC artists who get the top dollar, and then boom, and more independent. I mean, image is a different thing altogether because it's like the top talent want to work for image, but with boom and dynamite and, you know, some of these other ones, they just, I think they just don't have the, the money to, to get the top artists. So you get a little bit lower quality art on the books. And this is a, this is one of those. So, or, or somebody who's not, yeah, just, yeah. It's like somebody who just doesn't have the necessarily like maybe the seasoning or just the experience of doing books for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, this one is one of those ones where, actually, much like the TV show, I think the images don't necessarily hold up, but the storytelling is so good. It's like reading a novel. You know, you you paint the picture in your mind. And I can definitely do that with Firefly, with the comic. I actually, in our little group chat, me, you, and, and uh, Fink, mm-hmm. I sent a screenshot of their faces. And I was like, this is, this is the level of artwork we're getting here, boys. And it's just, it doesn't look anything like the, the actors, even though, you know, it is supposed to look like them because there's other shots where it does look like even on the cover of issue one, that is specifically those characters. Like that's not the same artist, but you know, that's um, those actors. I should say it is a hundred percent covers. You can tell it's like, all right, we're going about as close as we can. I wonder if he has to do that, though, like out of... I don't think so, because number one, Joss Whedon is involved. And, you know, he I think he owns that property because he created it. Okay. And Boom Studios, I think, just licenses it. And having the name Firefly, I think you are able to use the actor's um, likenesses. They, they must have that in the contract somewhere. Because mm-hmm. um, I've seen other TV shows and movies that are adapted... And they're able to use the actors' uh, likenesses. So, all that to say, Firefly. I'm five issues in. I'm loving it, and I am definitely going to get all the way caught up um, until Greg Pak leaves. I'm going to be on that book. Um, but as soon as he's out, then I'm out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeez. So, definitely check out Firefly. And then, and, um, is it extending on that story? That's what the other thing I was going to ask. Is it going? Yeah. Is it like a direct sequel, or is it? Are they doing something new? It's not a sequel. Um, it's in that same 
universe and timeline. Okay. I want to say it takes place either right... No, no, I'm sorry. It doesn't take place before the show because some of the characters you meet in the show aren't there at the beginning, but you meet them as you go along. And so those characters are here. So this is probably in between the episodes. Okay, so this is like expanding in the same timeline. Okay, yeah, that's kind of but tough, I feel like. But yeah, that's interesting. It's definitely before the movie because there are some character deaths in the movie. Not just oh, spoiler, but okay. gotcha. those characters gotcha. are still alive in this, bo- in this book. Okay, okay, gotcha. So that was Firefly from Boom Studios. Now, Jeff, I've been recommending a comic series to you. It was my favorite comic. I think to everybody, you've been like ranting about this. I've been and trying I know to get the word troll. out. It's been a troll. But yeah. <laughs> and the actual troll has been Jeff saying he wasn't going to read it because uh-huh. he thought the only reason I was recommending it was because his name is Jeff and the comic is called It's Jeff. Now, you know, let's, let's call a spade a spade. That is why I first picked up uh-huh. It's Jeff because I said, hey, uh-huh. there's Jeff. It's Jeff. But... Once I started reading it, I said, this is the, uh, for, for lack of a better word, this is the cutest character that I've seen in a comic book. He gets into these, these hijinks, mischief, and it's just fun. And it was also like the first time I had read an inf- Infinity comic on Marvel where it just infinitely scrolls the whole time. So you f- got finally... Checked out. You took my recommendation and read It's Jeff. So, so what did you think, Jeff? Yeah, I'll so, say yeah, initially, because you know we will talk about Boba Fett soon. That was like kind of our big thing this week. And yeah, I've been trying yes. to keep up with TV shows, but I was yes. like, I was like, <clears throat> I've been slacking on the comics, and I was like, you know, what's a good thing? And I was like, you know, you talked about this thing being pretty a pretty quick read and yes. like an interesting yes. um, thing. So I was like, let me do this, and then we can talk about it. Um, so partially born out of laziness, but also <laughs> born out of me wanting to see what this thing was about. Um, and yeah, you know, I think I'd agree. Uh, I think he's like a, a cute little character for the, Cause he's like, he's, the Marvel Universe. Yeah, he's like a he, miniature shark. He's like a little yeah, he's shark supposed with to be like legs. A, like a puppy, basically. Like Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. They just give him like a fin and like he looks like a shark, but with legs. So yeah, yeah yes. that's a perfect thing. Like, um. So I think at first we'll, we'll get into the thing that's actually interesting to me, which is the <laughs> format and, and this like yes. thing that their Marvel's doing. Um, yes. But I would say you know this thing is like you know a cute little thing, and it's it's you know he you know, when he gets like his actual like dolphin suit yes. issue, he gets the dolphin suit. Like they're very basic stories. Um, you know, it makes me wonder if they'll like bring this character in any way. And I and I I, I guess I don't know the sales figures, and I don't know. Yeah, they don't release. What's bubbling those. At, at Marvel? Like, yeah, like does Marvel like this character? Do other people like this character? You know, I think it's getting positive reviews. Do you, Do you know? Yes. Yeah, so, like, have you heard others talk about it? I've seen it on like best of twenty twenty one list. I saw it on yeah. there, and then actually, the way that I first found out about it was I listened to the Marvel um, podcast that they do the official pod. Now, actually, they have a ton of <laughs> official mm-hmm. Marvel podcasts, but yeah. this week in Marvel which I, I would actually recommend if you're a comics fan, they talked about it nonstop. And I was like, what is this Jeff comic that they're talking about? And they, they keep recommending. And it was on the Infinity platform. So I was like, oh, let me check out, um, check that mm-hmm. out. So that's, I know inside of Mar- Now, you got to think about this week in Marvel is kind of like Major Nelson's podcast for Xbox. 
it's uh, really just a marketing tool. Like it's like promotion. Yeah. yeah Major like Nelson's promoting yeah. every game under the sun. And you're like, all right, yeah. now is he really playing all those games or yeah. he doesn't like every game that comes out ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So that's what this week in Marvel is. It's um, they, they're basically just promoting all the new comics, all the new shows, movies, which, you know, we both like all that stuff. So this week in Marvel is, is a, do you, do you think method man likes Jeff? <laughs> I don't, you know, from what I understand now, what Jeff is referring to is method man hosted a Marvel podcast where he talked to different creators from listening to that podcast. He only read like in the seventies and eighties okay. and or his era. Not yeah. It doesn't seem like he's keeping up with a lot of stuff today. I think maybe he picks and chooses, but I don't think it's Jeff is one of the books that's on would be on his pull list. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this this thing just overall, just the, the the content of the actual comics, quote unquote. Um, I think it's it's you know it's like a cute little comic, like you know it's. I think it's not. Be, it's a good thing for for kids. I think. Yeah. You know, it's like it's something like there's like there's hardly I don't is there any dialogue in any of this? Maybe barely like a couple word bubbles. Yeah. Like you're you're really not even, and that's kind of the interesting thing to me too. Is like, you know, like it. It's like obviously there's writing to like you know go in you know to establish the story, but. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're like zooming in on text bubbles or like doing something like that. Um, right. It's mainly storytelling through the images. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I think that it was what kind of impressed me overall about it in general. Like even, you know, even there's a, um, there's a part where he calls, um, remember he's in the pool and he call like, he's thinking of like, um, I'm trying to think of the, the beginning of the story. Like he's in the refrigerator trying to oh, cool yeah. down and then he jumps right. in the thing and he's like well what can i do and then the pool won't fill up and then he like calls on like one of the x-men i think or something like that yeah I can't like ice man or something yeah and like he you know he brings in like like so there's a little bit of like dialogue bubble where it'll have that and it's like you know ice man's logo or whatever yeah know? it's mainly like other characters because he doesn't talk yeah but, so, yeah the um, other characters yeah, I think I think this is funny. It's interesting that this is your favorite of the whole <laughs> year. I mean, I mean, there's there's just only because of the amount of content. Like, I feel like it's like you know these things. Like you said, they take like thirty seconds to clear. You know, to basically get through. Like maybe a yeah, little this more is than that, like if you're looking at the art, but it's like you're pretty much scrolling through an app. And I think that was the interesting thing that we I wanted to talk about is like the format of this is actually the interesting part to me. Like, um, the like scroll, it's the TikTok esque thing of like your, of your, you know, with comics though, where you're, it's designed to scroll. You can see what's on the phone and you can't quite see what's next, you know? Um, and I would actually like to see them do, to do more with this. Um, cause I just think this format's interesting. I think that was one of the reasons you liked it too, right? Yeah. The format, this got me hooked on infinity comics. And mm-hmm. before that, you know, I saw it as a gimmick because they've, like I said, they've tried motion comics before they've tried a ton of different things to get people to read comics on their phone. And they've always just never lasted. They've never been worth, you know, it's not better than, the actual reading of a comic book with these, this infinite scrolling, 
this is the first time, number one, that I was convinced, oh, okay, this is a new format. This is worth my time. And then number two, that I didn't want to read these on my iPad. I wanted to read them on my phone because uh-huh. of the infinite scrolling. Like this, it's Jeff. Anytime there was a new issue, and even now, any Infinity comic, when there's a new issue that comes out, at work, I'm like, all right, this is my bathroom break. This is what I'm reading in my break period. Like, there's, yeah. I can get a ton of ton of these Infinity comics read in a short amount of time, and then also, it's enjoyable reading it on the phone. And I don't necessarily want it on an iPad or on a big screen. So right. this format is really cool. And the the only bad thing is. Uh, and we could talk about this with uh, Marvel Unlimited itself as a subscription service. The yeah. only bad thing is they are releasing a ton of these. I think they're really easy for them to release. So yeah. I'll, during the course of a week, I'll see like 20 to 30 new issues. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't keep up with all these. You know, yeah. I got to pick and choose which ones I want to read. I always put Jeff to the top, but... It's not like there's one issue coming out a month, one issue coming out mm-hmm. a week. It's like there's new issues coming out every day. Interesting. And I was just like, just looking, because this was the thing. I was like, if you scroll through the app, which I'm doing right now, because uh, I had heard you just talk about Jeff. So if you go to the search like Infinity Comic on the mm-hmm. on the app, you know, you get they do have like every like there's you know like just going from the top, you know, Life of Wolverine, Eternals, yes. you know, yes. uh, X Men Unlimited, Hawkeye, Shang Chi. Hulk, Ghost Rider, Spider Bot, uh, yes. Deadpool, Venom Carnage, more Shang Chi, you know, Mighty Marvel Holiday Specials. There's there's quite a bit here. Captain America. It looks like they're all getting their their own, you know, Black Panther, um, Captain Marvel, you know, yeah, uh, not every single person, but like there's a Spider, Amazing Spider Man, you know. There's all these different um, uh, variations of it, and you know. I, I really actually really like the format, like looking through, I think like, so if you look at like issue one of this, this, you know, Wolverine mm-hmm. uh, comic, there's definitely more, way more dialogue, obviously, like you can actually, you actually sit there and read, you know, speech bubbles and, or, you know, text bubbles or whatever. And you right. know, there's more there. Um, I think what this is probably lacking is someone to come in and like shut it down with like you know something that's like great you know yeah, what i mean and that, like that would make it like that's the the killer app like remember when yeah. a new console would come out okay this game is the reason why you own that console for yeah. this if there's a comic for me right now it would be it's jeff if somebody was like what's the killer app on infinity comics that would be the one i would hand to them and say this is the reason why i love mm-hmm. these type of comics there is there like you're right there hasn't been as far as I've read so far, one that has specifically said, I have to read this, you know, on a, on a daily basis or every time there's a new one, the ones that I've read have been fine. Like the Venom Carnage one. Um, I've been reading some of the Wolverine stuff. The spine tingling Spider-Man is one that I thought was kind of cool. The mm. the premise is it's like a horror book where Spider-Man is being taunted or tormented in his nightmares with this song and it's like this scary song, but he can't figure out where it's coming from. He can't figure out like why does it have a hold on him? And it's all like a horror thing. Everything is is themed towards like Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that. 
that I thought has been interesting, but it wasn't like you said, shut it down level where that is the main, like I would be telling you um, in my off time, Hey Jeff, you got to read this. Um, right. But it was, it's been good, but not great. And also when you, when you when you did a search just now, did you just do infinity? Yeah, I just did infinity okay. comics. Yeah. That's what I was. When you to come down to the ones that say primer, anyone that says infinity comic primer, primer. Yeah. What those are just for you, for you, Jeff. And then for our listeners, they're just kind of a recap of like that character's origin story or, or what that character is about. Uh, okay. So it's not new stuff. So whenever I see the primer stuff, I skip over that because gotcha. it's like it's getting you caught up. It is a primer, but I already know a lot of that information. And it's also material taken from other comics and put into this Infinity. So it's not made specifically for like the Infinity format. Mm-hmm. So... That was that would be my one thing is anytime you see primer just skip over that but yeah there's they come out with stuff new and they put it at the top too they're promoting it like I said it's on the Marvel podcast at the top yeah. of the page on Marvel Unlimited you see it like that's one of the first things you see is the Infinity comics that are coming out actually the mm-hmm. Spider Bot one has been similar to the it's Jeff format where it's like a cute character they're these little spider robots which you've seen in the gotcha. video game and you've seen yeah. in other places but. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's as good as It's Jeff. Oh, another thing I forgot to mention real quick. The art on It's Jeff is is a big reason why it was one of my favorites of the year. It's uh-huh. kind of this as I call in Japanese kawaii. It's like a cute Japanese style and oh, I looked okay. up the artist. The reason why the artists are Japanese. Uh Gurihiru is the company that they are under. And when I read that, I thought that was the artist's name. But now that I'm doing a little bit of back, back, uh, background, it's actually two different artists. Uh, they're a whole studio in Japan. But um, that explains why like that art is appealing to me. It's kind of like an anime style a little bit. Um, uh-huh. It's just that cute Japanese format. And then um, the writer is Kelly Thompson, and she's been doing some good work on Spider-Man and some other things as well. So that's another reason why, you know, the art and the story for, for Jeff have been great for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it overall. And I think, yeah, I really would like to see somebody basically have the balls to come in here and like do the, like a smartphone comic essentially. Yeah. I think, I think, and even, you know, what would be interesting to me is even if it was outside of, of Marvel infinity, like, I don't think you have to lock it into a Marvel Mm-hmm. Uh, character i would love to see somebody come in here and like oh, just yeah. make something that is like scrollable up a phone that anybody can read i know a lot of people like uh you know would probably trash that idea or they don't want to be on like a phone they want to have like something published or printed and, and stuff like that but i think this format to me is still interesting you know i yes. think this this is like you know at some point if you want comics to step in the future i mean you can have as many apps as you want but you kind of have to figure out a way to make it engaging on that screen. Like no one's going to read a comic on their phone where they have to zoom in and zoom out and, and do all that. You know, I think maybe the closest it's come and, and I would like to see them, you know, maybe do more of that is like, um, you know, the comiXology app where it takes you panel by panel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, you know, the, the, the format of this is like the TikTok thing where like you go to a TikTok page, you can't see what's next. 
so it encourages you to like, or I don't know if that's the right word. Maybe it tricks yeah. you, or some people right. use whatever uh, to into scrolling through it. You know, um, so I think that's like a very interesting, uh, interesting format. I'd say is what actually was engaging about this. Um, and I think given the right content, I think this can be really good. Yeah, and what's cool, what Jeff did, and what anyone else can do. There's a seven day trial on Marvel Unlimited. After that, they have plans as low as nine ninety nine a month, and then they go up. Like there's annual contracts, and then there's a annual plus, which actually gets you some physical stuff. But mm. I would highly recommend Marvel Unlimited for two reasons. If you're trying to catch up, like me, because I I actually fell behind on a ton of Marvel comics, so they don't release day and date on these comics. They're like maybe yeah. three months behind, which at first when I was all caught up, I was like, Oh, I don't need to subscribe to this. Cause I'm already caught up uh-huh. now that I'm trying to get, now that I'm not caught up, this has been a great, like, it's like, Oh, I have, it's kind of like the Netflix model. You have all the comics. They're right there. And they're always adding new ones. Like they, they advertise 29,000 comics and it's yeah. all Marvel. So you got the star Wars stuff in there. You got everything that Marvel puts out. Um, so that's mm-hmm. great. And then the second reason I think is for the infinity, cause you're, you don't get those anywhere else. Even if as our friend wonder Rob from geek, so to speak says, even if you would, ter- you were to find these comics on the ground and pick them oh, up yeah. on the internet, <laughs> if you find these comics, it's not the same. Like they're just in these PDF formats or, yeah. um, other type of formats where it's not made for the phone. I think these Infinity Comics are the killer app where you have to have a phone in order to enjoy them. Because even on the iPad, you know, that's where I usually read my large screen, same. my large yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look the same. It's not, it's almost like with Instagram for the iPad where, all right, you can blow it up, but it's not made for the iPad. It's not formatted for the iPad. Yeah, That's what I feel like for these Infinity Comics. I've tried using it on the iPad and it wasn't as enjoyable as mm-hmm. holding my phone, you know, going to the bathroom. Like that's the, when you have time to kill, when you're waiting at the DMV or whatever, the yeah. comics on your phone, I think actually makes sense when it's infinity. Also, when you're not like trying to read a bunch of words, that's another thing. If you're just trying to read a, a regular comic, it doesn't necessarily work as much on your phone because you have to zoom in. You have to kind of go to that panel by panel format. Yeah. But you also have the full Marvel library, like I was saying. So on my iPad, I'm reading those full size comics through Marvel mm-hmm. Unlimited. On my phone, I'm reading the Inf- Infinity comics. So yeah. it's like you get the best of both worlds. It's not that much. And if you're a big Marvel fan, you know, that's probably the easiest way to get caught up on a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and you know, and I would love for them, like I said, I'd love for them to figure out a way because, like, if I just go to like Ultimate Spider-Man number one on on my phone, yes, you know, I can push through the panels, I can zoom in, zoom out, yes. and you see every single thing. But I think, and that's why I like about the Comicsology app over regular comics. I know some people like a physical book, but I like when I would go through Saga, for example, when I mm-hmm. pulled the Comicsology app, I do the panel by panel reading, and then I can't see what's coming. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. I get to see the dialogue as it is intended and in right. my eyes or the way that the writer and I, and I would love to see them, you know, do something different with that. I like that to me, I yeah. think is, is more engaging. And yeah. And I think like you said, with the phone app, I think it's, I think it's the future. And I think ignoring that is only going to be to, you know, 
the detriment of DC and Marvel, essentially, or, or even Image or whoever, you know, continues to not, uh, you know, try to explore this area. Um, but yeah, I'm, I think the biggest thing my my hope for is is just I just want like a banger of a comic. I want something somebody to like have the balls to come out only do it in this kind of format and, you know, and have like an actual good, uh, comic. Not that these aren't good, but you know what I mean? Something that is, uh, well, like the killer app, like it's something that a saga level, uh, something on that terms, you know, right. It's, you can't put it down. You have to read the next one. Um, you want to tell your friends about it. Very similar to what happened in book of Boba Fett this week. Yeah, I'll say yeah. We'll get to get to this. I don't really feel like recapping this. I just want to talk about all the moments that happened in this show and like a couple of things that were interesting to me. Yeah. So this is um, episode six of the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. We've only got one more. Next week is the f- season finale. But yeah, what did you what did you like about episode six, Jeff? So I wanted just to go back. Do you think the show's worth it now? Or do you, I do, do you like why the show exists? Yeah. <laughs> Not and, to be a dick, but I'm just well, asking. The thing is, I think the argument that I've seen people uh-huh. constantly say, even now, which I don't, it's, this argument has now changed my view of, view of the show, but other okay. people, it's like causing them to not like it. Uh-huh. They're saying there's not enough Boba Fett in the show that's called The Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. To me, great. That's yeah. that, totally fine. If it's a good show, if you're having a good episode, mm-hmm. if if the story is good, I don't care if you call it Darth Vader's tomb. Like, I don't care yeah, right. if it's Mando walking around. But I see all these podcasters, all these YouTubers, they can't in their mind. It's like, I think it's like a OCD thing. Wait yeah. a minute. It's called Bofet. It has to have Bofet. Why yeah. doesn't it have Boba Fett? Like, right. it's a Boba Fett show. It has to have Boba Fett. And I'm mm. like, okay, to me, I look at it now, like, during those first, and that was how I looked at it originally. Like, I was telling you, okay, why do we have this Boba Fett show? Yeah. You know, if we've already got Mando. I think, now, I do agree, they could have, like, let's just say they called it the Mandalorian colon the book yeah i was gonna say that is interesting to me not to interrupt you but that the best episodes of this show so far have been the essentially what feels like extensions of the mando season or um or what feels like season three of mando well yeah Um, i was gonna say be detrimental but yeah go ahead 2.5 call this one mandalorian Mm. 2.5 because you're not quite at season three and it's after season two i think this sits in between and Mm-hmm. It works if you're watching, and also it's like if you just came to Book of Boba Fett and you never saw Mandalorian, it would make no sense. They just switched over. Yeah. Who's this guy? What's going on? Why is there another Yoda character? Like, right. so all that stuff wouldn't make sense. But if you think about this as an extension of Mando, if you think about this as Mando two point five, and you've already seen those other episodes, mm-hmm. you will love it. Like me and Jeff, this is yeah. This is what we want out of the Star Wars universe. And mm-hmm. they told the Boba Fett backstory of how he got out of the Sarlacc, Sarlacc and how he's building up this, you know, the crime empire and, and the ruler of Tatooine or the crime boss of Tatooine. Yeah. I think 
we're going to look back on this series as a whole. We have the whole thing. Because another thing is we mm-hmm. don't even know what, what's going to happen next week. When we look on it as a whole season, I think it was an enjoyable season. Yeah. Yes, there were slow parts. And I I never, you know, I don't find any of this boring. Yeah. But I can see how some people would find it slow or boring. Mm-hmm. And that's fine if you're binging it. If you're watching it week to week, like, you know, my buddy that I had told you about off podcast who was like, yeah, this is terrible. I hate this cheap. Yeah. He had only seen one episode and then he said right. he was not going to watch anything else. Yeah. If you only watch one episode. Yeah. You're missing you're not, all of this. Yeah, that you're is not getting crazy. The full picture. So yeah. I think it actually would have helped if they had released this all at once. Yeah. Rather than week to week. But, and it would have helped if they had called it Mandalorian hashtag Boba Fett, whatever, you know, something with Mando in the title. But mm. sweeping all that aside, this show is fun. This is yeah. as much fun as Mandalorian. There's the the world building and the stuff outside of Skywalker and, you know, the stuff we had already seen. It just enriches the universe of star wars makes everything like better to me and your tone changes a lot when you see baby Bo- baby yoda you know well, what i mean it's incredible it's kind of like it's jeff the land shark <laughs> he makes him so happy he's this, he's hyped now. it's a hundred percent true when when uh, i see grogu mm-hmm. i think it's of interesting to me the same feelings as mm-hmm. it's jeff but here's another thing watching this week's episode episode six which is the first time Oh, yeah. By the way, we've been spoiling this the whole time. Yeah. Seeing Grogu, this is the first time I've seen him since I became a dad, and it's different now. Oh, yeah. It's not the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they did, these guys who are behind the creation, Yeah. they must be dads, 100%, because Mm -hmm. the way Grogu moves is like the way my... holds out his hand. Yeah. That's exactly what my son does. The way mm-hmm. he walks, like everything, I think they studied children for yeah. Grogu. So I get another on top of, you know, when I watched Mandalorian seasons one and two, I had a, a joy from that. Now I'm mm-hmm. getting that same joy. Plus being a dad, it makes me think about my son when I watch Grogu. So this episode, I didn't think they could top last week's episode. When we watched episode five, and I rewatched it again before I, I, I watched episode six twice when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I rewatched episode five. So I watched it, um, and then I, I showed my wife, and I showed her yeah. episodes five and six back to back. And I was like, I didn't think they could top episode five. Yeah. They did it. They did it with episode yeah. six. This is the and, best episode. Yeah, and I just want to say just a couple things. Because, man, you're so excited. You know, this is the kind, this is when I like you the most, when you're just excited about Star Wars, you know what I mean? He just, he can't hold in his joy. Um, but real quick, to go back on the thing where you're talking about, like, I think, so first off, I think marketing, when, like making the argument, to me is, is bullshit because everybody just watches, just streams this now. So you're not going to go to like a DVD store, quote unquote, or a place that sells DVDs and be like, hey, I want to watch the Mando and... You know, what's this other Book of Boba Fett thing? Not that you made that argument, but I'm saying when people make the complaint about the name, 
Although I do think if you're going to, like, I'm just thinking of it as somebody that, like, if I'm recommending this show to somebody that's, like, mildly into Star Wars, I, I would have liked them to, like, put these shows under the banner of Mandalorian. And yeah, then, like, I don't you know, know like why they said, didn't. Colin, because, like, if I told, like, a buddy from work, I'm like, hey, man, you should watch this show Mandalorian. Yeah, you know, sure, you know, the first two seasons of that are going to be great. But with these last couple episodes, I mean, the context you're missing is is pretty huge. Um, and it makes sense because Boba Fett yeah. was introduced in Mando season two. Mm-hmm. So you would have no context if you just started watching Book of yeah. Boba Fett out of nowhere. So they really, you know, I, I agree they should have called it something with Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they didn't does not diminish it for me. It doesn't make this a worse show. Yeah, and as I was say, so I would I would like them to adjust that just because, and, and also I think like just giving a title Mandalorian, you know, would be like, hey, it covers uh, Din's character, or is it right. how, what's his name, Din Djarin? Yes, Din, yes, correct. Din Djarin. Um, it carry it would cover him and Boba Fett, who I think most people are enjoying uh, both. Maybe Din more so because I think he's like an original character, and I I do say would say I prefer him over Boba Fett currently. Um, but you know, I think they're both interesting. I think they're both. You know, doing you know they have they're both related to Mandalorian you know Mandalorian things like it, it would fit under that category. So I would like to have seen them do that. But like you said, I think this thing, what they're and what the, this is what makes a show so interesting. This is why I'm so hyped up about these shows specifically and what they're doing with this series, Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian. Is they're expanding on this universe. This could have been called anything. This could have been called like uh, Jungle Book, Luke Skywalker. Uh. You know, like because it's, it's like half the show, but or half this episode. But like, yeah, it doesn't do, like. Then I think that's the thing with Star Wars now. At this point, is like if you want to complain about where the stories are, or what that you know, there's a ton of things you can complain about about the show. But like, regardless of that, like Filoni and all of the creators behind it, they're expanding like the core universe. You know what I mean? Like they are, they are touching on things that matter. This is not like some far off thing. Like they are, the idea that they are re-exploring Luke is crazy to me. And we'll get into the big spoiler that happened like three fourths of the way in. I want to talk to you about that last on this episode. But um, to me, that is like, I think the best thing about these shows and why I know some people were cold after the first episode, but this, these last two, even though it's been Mandalorian, you know, or it's been Din Djarin, um, and that's a big reason, but I think, you know, what an interesting show and what a, like, I just like the freedom that they have to, to actually like show Luke, like, you know, where I think a lot of other creators would be held aback by that, right? Like they couldn't, they wouldn't be like, Hey, you can't put Luke in the show. Right. Cause yeah. People don't want to do it or they don't want to touch that. Whereas here, it seems like they have pretty much free reign and we're getting, in my opinion, I feel like, you know, to me, I, and I don't know, I'd have to look at everything, but if we're talking about it, like this is only, in my eyes, one step below the original trilogy. And the only reason that's true is because there would be none of this without the original trilogy. But to right. be honest, like if I'm like I'm thinking like if I'm ever going to show my kids Star Wars stuff, like I feel like the content in the Mandalorian is like as good as Star Wars gets. To be honest, I mean, and, and I and that's not like a a negative thing. I just think I just love these th- shows so much compared to everything else they've done. You know, 
pre-Disney right. and stuff. And especially with, you know, the sequel trilogy or whatever, like those are fine, but like, I don't think that gets near like nearly as good as this. Yeah. So far besides, I would say Mandalorian, it would be clone wars. I would say like another Filoni, you know, Filoni thing, clone wars, rebels, bad batch, put all those together. Cause that's, it's all one story really, but pretty yeah. much. And um, yeah, last Jedi, Ryan Johnson, those are the things that, like have stood out as amazing Star Wars things to me. Mm-hmm. But you have to show people Mandalorian. If you're going to be showing people Star Wars stuff, you have to show them Mandalorian. It's yeah. the perfect modern Star Wars stuff. Like I think yeah. pretty much what they did wrong with the sequel trilogy, seven, eight, nine Mando oh. does right. As far as trying to recapture nostalgia Mm-hmm. Easter eggs from the original stuff, like you can tell, Filoni is a fan, yeah, know, of Star Wars through and through. Throwing in characters from deleted scenes, towns, places, locations, all these things that original nerds, you know, know and love. Filoni is is putting them in there. He's like, I'm one of you guys. I'm I'm the same. Yeah. So yeah, a hundred percent agree. So I guess my next question, I just want to cover, because first off, it's great to see Ahsoka again, and that is another thing I am super hyped on for her A Filoni creation. Yeah, a Filoni creation. We'll get into this in a little bit. Maybe that's a whole episode, but Filoni to me, <laughs> is he handles Lucas properties better than Lucas. I know. Uh, I don't um, know, Jeff. Disagree, but he, he does so right by the characters to me. And everything that he's like, everything Filoni's involved in, I feel like has uh, a really good chance of being great. Not that George isn't, but like, especially, I guess the way to look at it, because, you know, it's not like he's going back and like, you know, doing, you know, he's not going to recreate the original original trilogy like Filoni. But like, for somebody to have the torch to carry that on, I mean, to me, there's no other like even close to like, if George Lucas dies today then we know who's carrying on Star Wars, right? right. Um, so also, I want to say in this Luke, because I just want to get into specifics, Luke's face in this looks so much better to me yeah. than that um, the Mando season two finale. Right. Um, what did you think of that? I mean, I mean, this just has to be like, because I know because you're such a big, you're just a, way more of a fan than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I know... You know, this has to be something that you've always wanted to see, and something that they like. I think this again, Filoni is doing this. You know, Filoni is in them are making this. So a guy is going back and actually giving you something that the original trilogy almost didn't give you at all, which is like Luke being a powerful Jedi, not this guy that's right. You know, a fully formed, not easily defeated, but yeah, like right as a master Jedi, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, the only time we've ever seen that is in expanded universe novels comic books um so i loved it there are parts of his face that didn't look 100 percent. like there's that scene when he's running Uh and you know i understand the technical side of it too it's like i'm sure it was hard as he's running to keep that face looking good whenever he's you know standing still not moving it's almost perfect um, I say almost perfect 
way better than what they did in, in Mando season two. The deep fake artists that they brought in from YouTube, I was like, yes, why didn't he have that specifically? Mm-hmm. You know, why didn't they bring that guy in specifically? Yeah. So I think it looked fantastic. But I keep going back to I kind of wish they would just cast Sebastian Stan. Have you seen those images mm. of him next to young Mark's, Mark Hamill? Like they've, there's people yeah. online that have put the images next to each other, and it's like that looks exactly like, mm-hmm. you know. So if you want somebody in live action, you've seen him from Winter Soldier, from all the Bucky stuff. He can do action. Yeah. So yeah, just give him some training. And have him flipping around as Luke. Have him as a live action. And then you won't have to have a body yeah. double. Now, I guess you would lose Mark Hamill, maybe. Well, I think Mark Hamill's given that his blessing, right? I'm pretty I sure he's been I'm pretty sure he's been very, you know, positive towards him taking yeah. over that role. I'm I'm we'd have to Google that, but I'm like I'm I'm almost positive. I can for us. Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything, but if he did, man, Disney Let's see, you know, just give us a little taste of Sebastian. That's because I couldn't think of anybody else that would look close enough. Um, and speaking of Mark Hamill, the thing that they're doing with his voice, where they're kind of that, like, that is also crazy. This was when I was freaking out about the episode, because basically the way it started was you were at work and we were in Discord talking. Yes. I was watching it during my morning shift, like meeting thing that we have. And, um, and I was like freaking out because I knew that all this stuff and like and I was looking at the way he looks so much better. The voice is a lot better. The movement, you know, like it all looks good. And, but yeah, the voice specifically, you were going to say. Well, they they pitched a, and they did this on Mando season two. Also, they pitched mm-hmm. his voice up a little bit because he's like, I don't know, 80 or something like his voice is a lot more yeah. raspy now. And you hear it in the Joker. Also, that Masters of the Universe, he did Skeletor. You hear Mm -hmm. it in that, like his voice is a lot raspier now. So they did a good job of him going back to that era of Luke. I saw some people on YouTube and some other reactions where they were like, he's not, he's speaking like Luke, like the, the, the prophecy Luke, like it's hard to describe, but basically where Luke is more philosophical, like, oh yes, the meaning of life is this Mm -hmm. and not. I want to go to Tashi Station, pick up some power converters. Like, there's yeah. different versions of Luke, and people right. online were complaining. They're like, that's not the Luke that I know, and he's not, he shouldn't have been that Luke or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't, none of that bothered me when I was watching it. I was like, this is Luke Skywalker. Let's go. Let's, let's see some more of this. Let's see Luke. Uh, using the force, I was sh- my so I was talking to my wife when you know I'm doing comment running commentary as as we're watching the show, uh-huh. and my wife always likes when I explain parts of Star Wars to her. So the scene where Grogu is you know he, he's trying to meditate, but he yeah. sees that frog, and then Luke looks over and he's like, "Want to see the power of a true Jedi? Let me lift up every frog in here and not even think about it with the force." So I was like, "Yeah." This is a fully trained Jedi. This right. is it. So <laughs> I would definitely watch a Luke show, and I'd love to see mm-hmm. him more in the Ahsoka show, because she had that tease where, where he asked her, he's like, am I ever going to see you again? And she's like, mm, perhaps. That was one. Mm-hmm. And then 
Number two, we don't know how they met because we never saw that in Mando. Uh-huh. So th- they've got to tell that story somewhere where yeah. Luke and Ahsoka met because he's like one of the few remaining Jedi in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I think, a major plot point that is like, you know, cur- fans are curious of. And I think Filoni has the juice to do it. Um, another thing, or I was going to say just to chime back in on our thing. So Sebastian Stan has said, you know, that he said if Mark Hamill calls him personally and says he feels like he will share the role, then he'll believe <laughs> it. And that would make him more comfortable. And then in a 2018, um, Hamill had basically said like, Hey, you know, this guy doesn't need my approval. He's great. in everything he does, you know, he was basically saying like, yeah, this guy could do it. You know, he doesn't need my approval kind of thing to do it. So, I mean, the door's open, you know, for it to happen. So yeah, I, I'd um, love to see that. Um, yeah. I, I do think it's, it's interesting. And I think you're right. They should do that. Um, man, a, it I is. Think, or yeah, go ahead. I, real quick. It's a great time to be a star Wars fan right now. After yeah. this, the next show is Obi Wan, and then oh, is that got, what's directly next? Okay. Yeah, and then we got the Ahsoka show. Mm-hmm. We don't know, like you know, too much far farther beyond that. But like, mm-hmm. this is. I mean, I know you're not a big necessarily Jedi fan, but as a fan of Jedi, you know, uh-huh. Obi Wan, Luke, Ahsoka, like seeing these characters and seeing them at their peak because. Look at Ahsoka. She's kind of like at her height. Like, we yeah. don't know how long she's going to be around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's like a master Jedi. Now, she also gave up being a Jedi. So she's kind of like Gandalf in yeah, Lord of the in Rings. That. Yeah. She's like, I'm just going to come in and give you some wisdom whenever I need to. And then I'm going to pop out of here. Mm-hmm. But it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan right now. Yeah. And I, and I think, yeah, to me, the Mandalorian show has been. Uh, has been. I, I am interested, interested to see what they do when they have like a full blown Jedi show, because uh, I think the Mandalorian kind of nails what kind of what Star Wars needs. Where I think like there is something out there that's great, and it's like, hey, like the Jedi are almost on the peripheral of what's happening a little bit. And obviously now, I mean, with these last couple episodes, they've you know they're it's full blown. Like they're in here with Luke and everything. But you know what I mean? Like it's been kind of like teasing around this story like they're giving you more jedi stuff but they're also the focus is this like you know the bounty hunters and like giving you that perspective of it too whereas like the movies you know it's all jedis right yeah so i think it, that's the that's the balance that i like about this show and then, yeah. then you know obviously filoni running it he gives you everything that's great you know um, yeah all the mandalorian stuff has been great as far as like from clone wars to this yeah Filoni has expanded upon mm-hmm. the Dark Saber, the history of Mandalore, Ahsoka, yeah. um, Sabine Wren. All of yeah. these things like make me care about Mandalorians. Whereas mm-hmm. I, I told you this before, when I was growing up, the Boba Fett armor never like yeah. never did it for me. I wasn't like, oh, I love Boba Fett. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, he's cool, he's okay. But all of this backstory that they've done now, it's like, okay, now I care about mandalorians yeah that's something that is interesting to me yeah and i was gonna say you know it's also important to note like you know i think the the caveat's like they're bringing that in in the um flagship thing for the franchise like this isn't like a side comic which is fine and we've enjoyed those and you know we enjoy the animated stuff but i think it's important to have like the good you need to bring that good stuff which we'll get into a character here in a minute in a few minutes 
about, you know, you need to bring these characters that are good into the mainstream flagship thing, right? It'd be like a, it'd be like if you had like a, a set of phones, a series of phones, and like one of the side phones had a cool feature, like you have to put that in the flagship phone, like you have to put that in the major thing, like, um, but just a couple other notes I want to make about the, the seeds, like, great to see Ahsoka, I thought baby, I thought there was like, there's like cute moments in this of, you know, Luke force pushing, you know, baby Yoda, which you don't, was, you don't, you don't get to see that, but that's like yeah. the, you know, I think the thing for you, like as a father as well, like, I think, you know, that adds to that too, is like, he's doing the force push like a dad in a yeah. way, or like a mentor. He's helping him walk, yeah. like, to keep up. And that's a choice that they didn't necessarily have to do that. They could have just made the actor walk slower, but yeah. they're like, here's, this is a cool thing. He yeah. lifts him up with the force and that's yeah, their like, walking that keeps him. Yeah. yeah, instead of just like floating him the whole yeah. time, he's like slowly pushing him. He's like yeah. keeping up. I think it's interesting. And then um, we'll get into. I'm going to skip the big character reveal, um, but I think we want to. Do you want to get to that character reveal now, or do you want to wait? Um, let's let's uh, well let's finish your thoughts. Yeah, let's let's save him because okay. that was kind of like the end. Okay. Um. And then, like, you know, I think the interesting thing is, like, you know, the way Baby Yoda moves or Grogu moves, I thought looked great in the show. And then they're left with the choice of, you know, the Yoda lightsaber or the Mando armor. Yes. Um, which I'm hoping we get to see a mixture of the both. I don't know which way that's going to go, um, which is great. Um, I'm leaning then, towards he picks yeah. the, the armor because that would solve a number of questions because... Because we have the episodes seven and eight after this, I'm sorry, so episodes eight and nine after this, we know what happens with Luke's school. We know what happens with the Jedi's, and there's no talk of Baby Yoda. So mm-hmm. it would answer that question if he chooses the armor and yeah. decides not to be a Jedi. Oh, okay, well, that makes sense. He wasn't in the school when Kylo Ren destroyed it. We don't mm-hmm. have to worry about why he was never mentioned before. It was because he wasn't a Jedi, because he wasn't part of Luke's training, all that stuff. So that would make that convenient. But then yeah. I saw a theory online where they said, um, I think it's going to be both. I think he's going to choose both. And yeah. I could also see that avenue. I could see both routes. I don't see one where he just chooses to be a Jedi and abandons the Mandalorian. Mando, because I, I think you got to keep Mando and Baby yeah, Yoda. Yeah, that doesn't from make sense. Marketing too, I think yes. you're going to be like, hey, let's. hundred percent. Clearly, this is the new Star Wars pairing. This is the. These are the new major characters, in my opinion. Like these are like the the cutest like characters or whatever. I think you have like a great pairing there, and to like give that up um, would suck. Um, yeah, but I do want to talk about. Uh, if you have a moment, we could talk yes. about. Maybe I think the moment. And it's funny because that character, and I'll, I'll say his nickname that I gave him in a second, uh, a character that I had seen on like Twitter, the name was trending like three or four days before this episode. And I think it must have been people looking at the name, the title of the show, and trying to figure out who could be this stranger. I think it's like Stranger and something. Like uh, I can't remember the uh, episode title, but I think people were trying to put things together in uh and I was, so I was kind of almost, I was almost anticipating this character showing up, um, but uh, the uh, cowboy Darth Vader, aka Cad Bane, ah. 
shows up. And I mean, Cad Bane is in some of the best episodes of um, the animated, uh, what's the animated, Clone Wars, Clone Wars animated series. I mean, I just think of that, you know, one of my favorite episodes is remember when they have all the bounty hunters gathered together and then they're going through like the those like trials to try to escape. Um, I'm trying to remember the full details of that episode, but you have a bunch of the bounty hunters trying to escape this like, uh, you know, person basically locking them in and give, making them go through mazes and puzzles and stuff. And they're, they're oh, trying right. to get out. And, yeah. you know, Cad Bane is in that group. Um, and just like what a, you know, an interesting character. And I thought in here I was anticipating how they were going to do his face. And I thought it looked way better than I than I was anticipating it to. Oh yeah, like, this could be pretty rough, but um, it sticks to the character, like it, it sticks to its origins, and it still looks decent. Um, which to me was super interesting. And I think you know, Filoni. I didn't know if Filoni was gonna actually, you know, b- put his characters. I think some people were anticipating him doing something new, um, but I think him. You know, being like, no, 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 I'm going to do Cad Bane, too. Like, I'm going to put my guys here. And, and again, like I said, the flagship Star Wars property right now, like to put his characters in there. I mean, only, I think, enhances the show and makes this thing better. Yeah, I can't wait to see the behind the scenes. And I'm hoping we get another one of those roundtables that we got with Filoni in the in Mandalorian, where he talked about the prequels. He talked about Anakin, you know, mm-hmm. like just completely remaking a lot of or reshaping a lot of what people thought about the prequels and about Anakin and all this stuff. Filoni yeah. just through the the descri- the discussion of it, I saw a lot of people online, oh I, I love the Clone Wars now. I love different things about Star Wars that I did not. I have a new perspective on it because of Filoni. So yeah. I hope we get another one of those and People online were like, his teeth are too sharp and his face isn't long enough. He's not blue enough. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Cad Bane, he looks exactly like the animated series. Yeah. Okay. If you want to sit there and nitpick every little thing, details, not exactly like it was on the Clone Wars. But I've over the years, I've seen renditions of people like, oh, this is what he would look like in real life. You know, they have that one Beavis and Butthead this is what they would look like in real life. And it's like, Oh, this is disturbing. Cad Bane, all the ones I'd seen over the years, I was like, yes, this is exactly what I imagined in my mind when I was thinking about it. And the perfect thing about it was they got the voice actor, Corey Burton to do the voice. And I was Mm. like, as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is great. So we're definitely going to see more of him next week's episode for sure. Mm-hmm. As we get that little war that's that's about to go down yeah. between the two factions, and just um, the the reveal of him walking in in the dust, like a great yeah. entrance for that character. Yeah. The only thing about it, I don't know. I don't think Timothy Oliphant is dead. Like they, oh, they made yeah, a point no. where yeah. he got hit in the shoulder, and then right mm-hmm. after, all the townsfolk came up and like healed him. Yeah. But I was thinking. Like that deputy's probably gone because the way he shot him. Yeah, he went a couple shots in on, on him. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I said to see, did see a funny line. I can't remember. It was on probably one of the YouTube recaps. Uh, funny that Cad Bane would tell somebody to get their nose out of something when he doesn't even have one, uh, <laughs> which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I think this, yeah, this he's show a great is great character. Great. 
yeah. great that we see him in live action. Hopefully he'll maybe they'll add him to the theme parks and stuff. Like that's a ton of um goodwill for, for Cad Bane. Oh yeah. Um, always liked him in the in the Clone Wars. So yeah, definitely this show is shaping up to be something special after a slow start. You know, Jeff wasn't with it at first, but uh-huh, I think uh-huh. now yeah. I'm glad you uh, found it's worth, you know. Listeners, yeah, we've yeah. changed Jeff's tune on the book of Boba Fett, so that's yeah. good. And before we get to our weekly recommendations this week, Jeff, there was a few things that I wanted to touch on real quick. Resident Alien is a show that I really enjoyed the first season. It's Alan Tudyk, and it's based on a comic book, playing an alien that comes down to Earth, and his ship, he gets stranded, basically, on Earth. But he was sent there to kill every human, and mm-hmm. then he starts becoming more human as, as time goes on. Right. And Alan T- it's just a vehicle for Alan Tudyk, basically, to be weird. And that's what I love. So season yeah. two uh, came back for Resident Alien. Did, I forgot, did you watch episode one, or season one? No, that's okay. this is the um who makes the show? What's the dude's name? Uh, sci-fi. Rick Morty. What's the, Oh, the um, Oh, you're you're thinking of the animated one. Oh, I'm thinking of animated. Oh, okay. Sorry. There's Oh, this is this is it the same name? No. Um dang, now I'm blanking on that one. Um but that's Justin Roiland is who you're thinking of. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm looking it up as we go here. But yeah, this one is live action. So this is Alan Tudyk and it's kind of a similar premise. There is aliens in the... Oh, Solar Opposites is the other one. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. My bad. Yeah. So you have not seen any of Resident Alien? No, I have not seen okay. a single second of this so show. So season two, it's not like the best show on TV, but Alan Tudyk is really good. So it's a good comedy. Check it out if you're into Alan Tudyk. Then, during one of your, one of your football games, Jeff, uh-huh. we got a chance to see the official first trailer for the Halo show coming to Paramount Plus in March. So yeah, I think this, uh, I think this I want, did this air during the Bengals game? Yes, during I think, yeah. I think it was during halftime. Yeah, yeah. So what did you think about the Halo trailer, yeah. GF? This thing looks has the potential to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, I thought it was interesting. You know what looked really good to me in the trailer, or what looked not really good but surprisingly good was number one, Chief's look. But um, if you recall, when he's fighting the, um, uh, I'll just call him Arbiters because I don't remember yes. the name in right. the game, but was he's fighting the Arbiters with swords? Um, I thought that looked better than I would imagine a Paramount Plus game or a Paramount Plus show would look. Um, right. You know the, oh, the Covenant, uh, the yeah. elites was the alien yeah the race. elites the covenants yeah uh, I was gonna say the brutes but those are the uh, those are the big ape like yes. guys right, right. Um, and uh, so you know I think it looks good and we've been teased with this type of like full blown show for I mean you remember back in when I think when Halo Three launched they put out that like live action little trailer uh, back yes. in the day mm-hmm. and it wasn't and I. I know it was like, is this is, is Spielberg doing this one? Um, no. I know his name has been attached to it for a long time, uh, and his studios doing it. Um, but um, yeah, you know, I I think the biggest problem that I have is that my love of Halo is multiplayer shooter. It's the gameplay, like mm-hmm. I, not the you know, lore, I, not the story. Yeah. 
I know what's going on in the story, but I'm also not like, you know, um, I'm not super into it. Like, I know the general, like, the gist of what's happening, but we talked about this with Infinite. Once they got past, like, those, like, weird-looking aliens that look like they're on, like, the, you know, the Council in Star Wars, you know? Right. Um, once they got past those guys, um, and, like, they have all the, you know, stupid AI bot, robot-looking stuff going on, mm-hmm. um, like, in 4 and 5, I kind of lost interest. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, quick uh correction to myself it is steven yeah. spielberg he he executive okay. produced it okay yeah so yeah. i thought he was he was attached to it for a long time and the thing i'm thinking of was halo landfall yeah they did like a live action looking thing it was almost like an 80s looking like sci-fi kind of clip but um you know i i mean i always hope that these this stuff is good um i would say my expectations are extremely low for me um just because i don't know if you can make a compelling show about halo it's yeah. not the uh it's not the thing i look for in halo i look for i'm there for the game less so like the story and right that stuff, you well know. i guess to give you some hope like we talked about with book of boba fett earlier and um with firefly the age of tv right now that we're in is really good so right. i think you know, no matter what the property is, as long as they have good writers, the show should be good. Because that's what we want. We want a good story, right? Like the visuals and and the pew pews; those yeah. are the icing on top yeah. of the you know the cake. But we want really a good story. That's what it comes down to. And for me, I am into the Halo lore. I am into the Halo story. So I'm actually really looking forward to this. And my wife is. As well, and she has a hard time playing the Halo games because first-person shooters make her dizzy. Yeah. So even when she's watching me play, it's kind of hard for her. So I was like, well, you know, we can always watch the movies, you know, the story of Halo on YouTube. They've got people who cut together all the cutscenes, but she just hasn't had time yet. But with this show, this will definitely be something she'd be interested in because she's really into Master Chief. She's also really into Cortana which apparently there's a lot of controversy online right now with the Cortana redesign, Jeff. Now, when I saw it, I was like, okay, that's interesting. You mean in this trailer or in Halo? Yes, in this trailer. Mm -hmm. I saw it and I said, yeah, that's interesting. Didn't think anything else of it. Then I go on Twitter and all the, the internets, everybody's going crazy. This is another Sonic the Hedgehog. They killed Cortana. Oh, wow. They really think that. Okay. Well, she's in. I mean, if we're going with like, she's going to be almost like a narrator uh, in in a way in in this game. I would assume like she's in Chief's helmet. You know, like I know yeah, you see right. her and stuff, but I mean, well, let's be honest. I mean, I don't think you know screen time. I don't think she's going to have a ton, or she mm-hmm. shouldn't. I would assume. Right. Right, because even in the game, she just appears every now and then. Mm-hmm. It's a little hologram, and then she's gone. What did give me hope, just like with Cad Bane, as we talked about earlier in the show, mm-hmm. it is the voice actress. So Jen Taylor is doing Cortana's voice. Now, I also thought it was interesting that Dr. Halsey doesn't look like she's playing the live-action you know, Dr. Halsey, which is what Cortana's whole design is supposed to be based on. Yeah. So maybe they're changing some stuff with that they did replace chief's voice i don't know if you noticed 
Um, no, and actually, I was going to say we that is confirmed to be Chief, right? Like, yes, he did have a is. logo on his chest, like in the trailer. There's like a little logo, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's like something. Uh, yeah, I think that's his, Harvard. like you know, his division or his his yeah. crew or whatever. But yeah. it is now Pablo Schreiber instead of Steve Downs, who mm. Steve Downs has done it since 2001. I'm offended. Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> Steve Downs getting up there in age, so mm-hmm. I I can see why they'd want to go with the younger guy, but also his voice is kind of iconic for being Master Chief. That's like his big claim to fame, right? Right. But we'll see what yeah, happens. And, and I'm, saying, I'm I am glad that they just did like, hey, like, okay, we're just gonna do a Master Chief thing, um, and it seems to be focused around him. I'm hoping I don't know if i want them if you're gonna interest me like you can't have like i don't want your first shot at this stuff to be um you know halo reach which is like an offshoot i don't want it to be that like you have to kind of go master chief i think you know right yeah you know another of the controversy about cortana was people were like she's not blue enough she's not hologrammy enough she looks too human (laughs) so that was the complaint i was like Okay, the AI has progressed to look more human. What what's the big deal? Like, why do you care that she doesn't look exactly like she looked in the game? Right. Um, I was more just interested that she almost looked like a different race to me than uh, mm-hmm. you know the Cortana in the games, and then Jen Taylor in real life. She's a blonde uh, Caucasian. Yeah. In the trailer, Caucasian. she looks like. She's got dark hair, and uh, her features look a little bit different. But who cares? As yeah. long as they got Cortana's voice, that's all we yeah. need. I don't know why anybody gives a shit about that. To be honest with you, I mean, there's more. There's more pressing issues on this thing than than who the fuck plays Cortana. I mean, <laughs> or look what what that looks like. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm that's next for month. It. Yeah. Oh, that's so soon. We'll, that's soon. Yeah, soon. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. Okay. We'll definitely be reviewing that's it. Like Batman. On, we got Batman. And oh yeah, Batman. March is going to be good. Oh Jesus Christ! Good stuff coming up. And then after that, there's a whole bunch of. I mean, we've got the Into the Spider Verse trailer. Like, there's. I mean, um, sequel. Sorry, we've got the Across the the Spider Verse mm-hmm. sequel coming. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff coming the rest of the year. But that's going to do it for our normal show, Jeff. Let's get to our weekly recommendations and see what do you recommend for the folks out there? Yes, I think, um, and this is something, I know you're not a Pokemon guy. I know that's like, yes. I think that's your, that's like, you know, uh, what do we call it? I just missed that. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was a little bit aged out of it at that point. When Pokemon came out, I was like, oh, it's from Japan. But yeah, so despite being a Japan guy, I know. didn't get into it. Um, I know Pikachu. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. At least know the, uh, the main <laughs> one, Detective um, Pikachu. So they put out their new game, um, and you know the they'd have put out a game for the Switch, but it was more like traditional Pokemon game, which is JRPG. Yeah, which is you know turn based uh, fighting. Um, and my history with it has been like you know i i don't know how many hours i put in pokemon red as a kid but i it would probably be like an embarrassing number like probably thousands of hours i i would nice. bet, like playing as a kid 
um, just for so long. I mean, like, and I was, and, and you know, as a kid, you're like diving deep into these games. Like, oh yeah, you know, we were getting like link cables and then like doing glitches ah. to like duplicate Pokemon. Like, I have a, I had a level hundred Charizard. Like, and that's like without cheats or anything weird. That's like straight up me just going hard as like a kid playing the hell out of that game. Um, and then I fell off later, like, you know, after, you know, once you get into like the 3DSs and the DSs, like I start to fall off, you know, like mine is, my era is like Game Boy Color really right. is, is my era. The Game Boy was a little bit old for me, but the Game Boy Color was the game that I had. It had the backlight, you know, I had, I think one of the you know best eras uh, of, of video gaming in terms of, you know, Nintendo stuff is that Game Boy Color um, or for me. Um, so they put out the sequel and they've kind of stripped this down is almost like you know if uh you know if your boy was a little older this would be a game i think you and him could get into um it's very like simplified down hey um and it's it's not as crazy because you don't have like these gym battles and stuff but basically um it's like an open world uh, Pokemon game, you're trying to fill the Pokedex, which is like the encyclopedia for Pokemon. It's where you go, like, you try to encounter a Pokemon, and then you catalog it, and in this game, you have missions, like, you get points for however, you gotta catch them, you have to defeat them, you can also do other things, like, you can capture them without them noticing you. Um, it's really, really good. Um, and I'm actually kind of surprised how much I like it. Because uh, the last one, I kind of had fallen off of that that type of game. But they've um, they've done some you know uh, some switching around of some of the features and you know I'm assuming they'll do some DLC that'll that'll add some of that stuff back in. Um, but yeah, this is like you know and it, and it you know what it reminds me of is Breath of the Wild like the map like yeah, the map is right. huge. You run around, it's open world. You're running you know and there's just Pokemon in the wild and then they have like these alpha Pokemon that are like, you know, very, like huge, like two stories tall and stuff. Like they're just massive and you got to like figure out a way to beat them and then you can capture them. And, um, anyway, without rambling too long on it, it's, uh, it's a really good, uh, Pokemon game that I've, you know, been absent from for some time. Um, and, you know, I think since, uh, the, the let's go Pikachu, which was just a remaster of the ones I played as a kid. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's my recommendation. I think maybe at some point in your life, you should, uh, you should check that game out. Yeah, hopefully. Well, perhaps Jeff W would drop it on the ground and I can pick it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to recommend this week, the latest DC animated film, Catwoman Hunted. And Jeff has been a fan of the DC animated stuff that they've been putting out. Yeah. The thing about this one that stood out to me was from the get-go, from the very beginning, it felt like Cowboy Bebop to me. And and what I mean by that is, number one, there's an anime style to it. The character designs, the look of it, mm-hmm. it feels very anime to me. Number two, and there's a Japanese director on there. Gotcha. Um, number two, jazz. Nothing but straight up, Hardcore jazz, Jeff. Yeah, Kenny That's, G? This is, no, no. I said <laughs> hardcore jazz, not your soft <laughs> Kenny G, Jeff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not your elevator jazz. Yeah. But I really like the melding of anime and jazz. So those two things put together were great for me. Uh, the voice cast is pretty good. Got Keith David in there. Your, uh, your boy from 
Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, who played Mike Jonathan Banks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we've got man Wolverine, the uh, voice actor Steve Bloom, and he was in Cowboy Bebop as well. Jonathan Frakes, who was in Star Trek: Next Generation, he was Riker, and then the voice of Batwoman is actually Stephanie Beatrice, who was in Brooklyn Nine Nine, and then we saw her in um, Encanto. She was the the lead in that one. So there's some pretty good actors in here. Mm. The story is good. It's like the first time they've really focused on Catwoman rather than her just being maybe a background player. But it's a good kind of Bat family without showing Batman. This has been the thing with these DC animated. It's either Superman, Batman, or Justice League. Now they're like, all right, we need to go to the extended family over here. We need to get some Catwoman. But... Mm -hmm. This is something that I would recommend to everybody. It's it's a fun watch. Um, it's all about Catwoman trying to steal a diamond, but or I should say a priceless jewel, a gem. Um, so I'm looking forward to catching some of the special features, which I always like to watch. But if you're in the mood to watch some anime with jazz, look no further than Catwoman Hunted. All right, I think that's it for this week's. Seasons change. We'd like to thank everybody for listening. Don't forget, tell your friends, tell your family. Seasons change is the podcast to listen to, as well as our sister show, Geek So to Speak, with our boy Shoff, who does our opening. You know, he's the first voice you hear and the last voice you hear. Uh, he is a talented voice actor. You can check out his Fiverr page if you want to hire Shoff. Um, you can always check out our anchor page, anchor.fm slash seasons change. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. Just like when my mom sent us a voicemail, you can, you can get played just like Mrs. V on the air on seasons change. Also, Jeff, mm -hmm. our girl Bree from our main discord chat. We'd like yep. to thank her for doing our seasons change trailer. Another talented voice actor who I will link in our show notes, as well as all the things that we talked about in this week's episode. Check out the show notes, and we will see you next time, Jeff. I think I hear something in the background. You know what that is? Uh, I do not. It's the seasons changing. Do you think Rob has a fiber for farts? <laughs> and Shoff's here, too.